Hi, everyone. Welcome to C++ Club. This is meeting 168, and today is the 14th of December, 2023. Uh, this will be the last meeting of this year. And we'll start with some feedback. Actually, two kinds of it. The feedback is about our meeting 166, where we've discussed uh, Hapsata's update on CPP2. And the first comment is by Roy Barkin, who tries to clarify the code snippet we discussed. If you remember, it was this one, where there was an assignment to an unused underscore variable at the end. And we weren't sure why, what was the purpose of it. At least I wasn't. So Roy uh, explains, quote, I think Herb's point is that the combination of first his CPP2 feature of automatically std move the last use of each variable together with two, the fact that our values can't be passed to functions that take mutable reference and CPP2 in out or out parameters. That all equals means that a mutable reference and in-out or out parameters will act as no discard and will have to be manually discarded via the assignment to underscore. I guess Herb likes it because he likes no discard and he's happy that he got it for free as a consequence of one and two above, end quote. So, yeah, I think that more or less clarifies it and um, sheds the light on the original intention of which uh, I wasn't sure at the time of discussion. Uh, and then there is the second comment by Walter Svendal. Quote, it's honestly pretty infuriating how often this group completely misunderstands the articles they read. Like how for about five minutes in discussing CPFront's explicit data flow, they speculate the purpose of discarding X has something to do with optimizations. And then when fin they finally continue reading, they realize it's just about data flow, then misread the article again and somehow hallucinate that the discard statement must be modifying the behavior of the previous function call. This has happened many times in past videos. Does the presenter read the articles they talk about beforehand? It seems like something they should review beforehand instead of just guessing without reading during their meetup." End quote. <sighs> wow, harsh. What can I say? Um, I'm really sorry. I'll make sure to understand 100% of everything I read from now on. I mean, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, uh, I, I, you know, we welcome corrections in the comments, you know, especially the many times we get things wrong. We obviously never uh, try to purposely uh, misrepresent things. Uh, and. Uh, and certainly not everybody reads all the articles before because that's probably not also the the purpose of the call. The purpose of the call is just to have a chat between friends and go through the uh, 
um, latest things, maybe understand them better together. Uh, but certainly it's not to teach or uh, properly explain things. Um, so I don't know, maybe we should have made that more clear. Um, maybe we, sometimes we talk about things we barely understand. Most of the times could also be the case. Um, do continue, I think, uh, correct us in the comments. I think uh, we will uh, look at those. We will uh, correct whenever we said something wrong, you know, uh, straight up the record. We are sorry that somebody had to be infuriated, you know, it just doesn't have to get to that, you know, it's a, it's a friendly conversation. So um, please join us in the conversation, you know, uh, point out when we're wrong, we will admit it. Very well put. Thank you. I can confirm that this podcast is not the final truth in C++. And we are just chatting and discussing things and we are often wrong. So take everything we say with a bucket of salt. Or a small grain of salt. I don't know which one is the correct way of saying that. Because maybe because you have to take it with grain of salt, it means take it with a very little uh, amount. So if somebody wants to correct us in the comments, you know, which one is the correct way of saying that, uh, if it's with a lot of salt or with a small amount of salt. Next is a new C slash C++ is bad, actually. White paper has dropped by um, the US government. Oh, no. Yep. It was published by USA Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, well, CISA, maybe. It looks pretty serious with a nice title page and everything. Lots of uh, intimidating agency names. I haven't read it in full, and we skimmed it. But um, yeah, it's the usual pitch for abandoning uh, C C++ and, um, and moving towards memory-safe languages because they provide more guarantees um, against exploits. Again, I would say we need a better PR department. <laughs> Quote, memory safety vulnerabilities are the most prevalent type of disclosed software vulnerability. They are a class of well-known and common coding errors that malicious actors routinely exploit. These vulnerabilities represent a major problem for the software industry as they cause manufacturers to continually release security updates and their customers to continually patch. End quote. So uh, they want to uh, urge software manufacturers to prioritize using memory-safe languages in their products and presumably abandon C and C++. Uh, funnily enough, they don't use C slash C++ in this document. The author probably thought, oh, Bjarne doesn't like C slash C++. I know, I'll use C and C++ everywhere instead. <laughs> but these two are like always together in this in this paper, so it's pretty much the same thing. Also, I noticed that there were no examples of other memory unsafe languages. So 
it's all about C and C++ then. Why not say so? There is another uh, quote from the document. Uh, the paragraph was safer language subsets. And the quote goes like this. The C++ community has been contemplating the balance between backwards compatibility, memory safety defaults, and other priorities for the base language. There are multiple targeted efforts to make C and C++ less vulnerable for existing code bases and products. For example, Apple has modified the C compiler toolchain used in the iBoot system to mitigate memory and type safety issues. Microsoft has developed Checked C that adds static and dynamic checking to C to detect or prevent common programming errors such as buffer overruns and out-of-bounds memory accesses. There are more general efforts to improve C++ memory safety for existing code, including efforts like carbon, end quote. So, as you can see, they, they bundle all kinds of stuff together. They start with C++ community and then suddenly switch to C language for some reason, because Apple and Microsoft's efforts are targeted at C and like the runtime, which works for both. And Carbon is definitely not about improving C++. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there were two discussions on Reddit that I saw. The first one is more like balanced and the second one is more rants, pretty much. That was my impression. Were the rants against uh, the message from CISA uh, or were the rants uh, against the current state of C++? Against C slash C++. As usual in these discussions for Rust. So uh, some quotes from the first one. Well, they're not wrong to point the finger at C slash C++. And the other one, as Trostrup said, C slash C++ is a mythical language. I know C and C++, and you write those quite different. Uh, one quote from the second discussion. They've been saying this for almost 10 years now. Most security issues are not the result of malevolence. They're the result of human error. I've seen some of the code that contractors have delivered. A, a lot of it was appallingly bad. It's cheaper and safer for them to get people off of C slash C++ than it is for them to try to clean up and secure dangerously bad code." End quote. Yeah, this checks out. Like, for example, Chromium codebase uh, starting to migrate some parts of it to Rust, which I guess is easier than to rewrite the existing C-like C++ code in normal C++, and maybe shock and horror use smart pointers. And not use share pointer everywhere also. That's also true, yeah. There was a feedback on feedback. So basically, how should I put it? CISA uh, issued this paper, and then there was a, the comment uh, section on the website where everyone could comment. And um, an anonymous comment appeared uh, with the attachment of a response by the prominent C++ committee members to this um, white paper. And some people took some sort of offense that the comment was anonymous and um, the, the reply document pretty much repeated everything that Bjarne was saying that um, 
memory safety is not the only types of safety, that there are like type safety and others, and uh, the committee is working on it, has been working on it for a long time. Uh, this There is this new idea of profiles and everything, so kind of tries to explain the C++ side of things. And the feedback on this document had been, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just bananas. Obviously, the Rust people took it and ran with it. I mean, I don't blame them, you know, this, uh, uh, this kind of uh, message just encourages more and more people to just say, okay, why should I learn a lot of uh, things in C++, which is complicated if the industry is shifting. And uh, I mean, you know, C++ could die a death of a thousand cats, you know, because of uh, this kind of um, uh, statements. And uh, well, partly it's the C++ fault, you know, maybe, you know, we should, the C++ uh, somehow language should have changed, should have been fixed, but uh, some of it is just perception, I would say, you know, uh, so it's hard to say uh, if this is actually going to have a dramatic effect on the future of the language, but um, it, it, it certainly makes the news and flames uh, hearts uh, on both sides, uh, which is um, good, but mostly bad, I would say. I agree. This is one of those thousand cuts, like you said, and um, it continues to erode and people's trust in C++, undeservedly, I would say. Um, the comment with the attachment says, quote, memory safety is a very small part of security. Different application domains have different safety requirements. C++ is a mature language that has proven viable in most application areas and countries. C slash C++ is not a language, but a style of use. Complete and verified type and resource safety is possible in C++. Improved safety for various safety requirements is a long-standing tradition in C++. Complete type safety in the absence of resource leaks can be had in C++. Changing languages at a large scale is fearfully expensive. And the document itself um, basically expands on that. So someone, uh, some guy called Andrew Lilly Brinker says on Mastodon, lol, a group of unnamed C++ senior members with decades of experience in ISO C++ filed a response to the federal RFI on open source software security, and it is ridiculous. By the way, he includes in every toot of his the hashtags Rust and Rustlang. They don't name themselves, he says. It's unclear if this is an official ISO C++ response. The response tries to muddy what safety means, argues a strawman about Rust having vulnerabilities too, suggests profiles for C++ should fix everything anyway, hints that C++ critics are actually just talking about old C++. In the same breath, they argue that C++ is great because it's always stable, so old code sticks around forever. And that really, you should give C++ more money. Who's giving C++ money? I don't know. N certainly not 
it's the U.S. government, to my knowledge. Anyway, yeah, the committee doesn't get any money anyway. Yeah. Anyway, the authors of the document are Howard Hinnant, Roger Orr, Diana Strostrup, David Van der Voorde, and Michael Wong. And he continues his rant, and basically, his uh, friends in Rust community agree with him, and yeah. Too much drama. And then I, I would say he, he again sorry, uh, smashes together C and and C plus plus like they usually do. Sorry, go on. No, I wanted to to say we you know we, certainly uh, all this drama uh, is probably what comes up first uh, in the in the Twitter sphere or whatever it is called nowadays and um, and all the reasonable discussion between what we call the Rust people and the C plus plus people, which some of the time overlap, uh, it's uh, a lot more sane and productive. So. Um, I think, you know, uh, we both have to learn a lot from each other. Uh, Rust uh, certainly has things to teach C++. Uh, and yeah, have all these flags up uh, with all the hashtags uh, and name calling really doesn't help. Keep in mind that these are people who do not use C++. <laughs> And now uh, I wanted to show you some of the toots uh, by people who do use C++. So Doug Greger says, if you sprinkle in a little bit of wishful thinking about future static analysis tools, this is exactly the message Trostrup is spreading and is getting repeated by many other people on the C++ talk circuit. It's wrong, but it's also a very hard thing to confront when you've made a huge investment in C++, especially if it's a personal investment, end quote. He's arguing that it's like a uh, sunk uh, cost fallacy. My impression is that these people who are trashing this response and um, trashing Bjarne's talks about safety, they all want simple one-step solutions. One of those would be to migrate to another language. Simple one-step solutions rarely work in, in the world, especially for an established language like C++ with a huge code base. I liked what others said. Peter Sommelad uh, replied to Andrew Lili Brinker, quote, I would sign what was stated. The problem I, I perceive is developer education of good practices. This won't go away by using a new language. And Daniela Engert replies, the last sentence in that document summarizes that quite well. For applications where safety or security issues are paramount, contemporary C++ continues to be an excellent choice. Using contemporary C++ ruled out all memory safety problems and more that I've been haunted by before embracing such design approaches 10 years ago. It's not the language, it's the mindset. Subverting safety in safe languages? Been there, done that. None was really safe. An extraordinary voice of reason yes. that we have. I am so happy that she's around. Indeed. She, she also says, I think there's way, there is way too much politics at play here and dishonesty. Nobody cares as long as funding gets diverted to their direction and pockets. Finding is nice as long as you can stay in the general and don't have to prove anything. A smear campaign directed at people who are not challenged by knowledge of realities helps. 
if such campaigns are in full spin, people can become upset. And someone called Lester asks Daniela, what's contemporary C++? Uh, they searched for the term and couldn't find it. Some say it's modern C++, but it's also not very clear. And um, she replies, glad you asked. Contemporary C++ is a term that I came up with to describe as, as succinctly as possible what I intended to convey to the audience in my keynote last year at CPPCon. It is deliberate to not have a precise definition. Contemporary implies change over time. That's the whole point. Uh, she continues, modern C++ was a thing, the shiny new features and design approach in the early 2000s. Nobody would call this modern anymore, despite some ideas still falling into the contemporary bucket. And then C++ with a completely new way of thinking, called postmodern by some. Some of that is still contemporary. Uh, contemporary C++ is for the most part C++ 17 and beyond, plus all the good stuff from earlier versions of, C++, of the C++ specification that have stood the test of time. If you develop in this easy-to-grasp part of C++, you are safe and can live a happy developer life." End quote. So, yeah, this is the voice of reason. And uh, yeah, don't despair. <laughs> and don't uh, pay attention to rants of people who don't really use C++. We should discard the drama and, you know... Less drama, uh, yes. Less drama and raise these uh, kind of voices like Daniela. Yeah. Reflection feedback is next. And I won't go through the entire thread, but it starts with this. Anyone find the proposed reflection syntax distracting? And the first reply is excellent. At this rate, I'll take poop emojis as the syntax. Inject this feature into my veins now, please. <laughs> End quote. I think I avoided that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, others don't have much of a problem with the unusual syntax of square brackets and columns. I'm sure there'll be some fancy ligature in some fonts soon. Uh, I wanted to show you this uh, interesting development. There is a new library called Reflect CPP. Automatic field name extraction from structs is possible using standards compliant C++ 20 only. No use of compiler-specific macros or, or any kind of annotations on your structs. There is a corresponding GitHub repository. This library seems to be pretty capable. Uh, there are examples of use. And uh, the author says, I'm aware that libraries like Boost PFR are able to extract field names from structs as well, but they use compiler-specific macros and therefore non-standard compliant C++ code. And someone asks, is there a short summary on how this works? And how this works is actually a brilliant idea. Indeed. Most of the magic happens in here. The C++ 20 standard provides a function called std source location current function name, which gives you the name of the current function you're in. If the current function is a template, you will also get the parameters passed to that template. The library then expresses your structs as an extern, if you then pass pointers to the field to the function containing source location current function name, the resulting function name will contain the name of the field. All you have to do is to retrieve it from the string. By the way, getting... I barely understand it, but uh, this is uh, 
this is something that spawned off the mind of uh, Chris Yusiak last uh, week or so. And, uh, I saw his, yes, I saw his, uh, what was it, uh, post or someone? Uh, it was a Reddit post. And yes. I'm yes. not sure he was the first, actually, because uh, it was pretty much at the same time. And this library looks like it's been in development for some time. I think, uh, well, I don't want to get it wrong, but I think in this post somewhere it does say that there was, uh, this was inspired by oh, right. the other one. Okay. Do you remember where that was mentioned? I have been in the original, uh, um, in the original post by Chris uh, that the same commenter commented, uh, great, I'm going to update my library and basically happened overnight. I see. That's interesting. So uh, really good to uh, one to punch uh, on this and uh, on both sides and uh, a yeah. pretty good result. This is an, an amazing, uh, we could even call it discovery, a use of a C++ feature in a completely unintended way, a new way. I still don't believe it. I, I still don't believe it. And uh, I'm, I'm afraid somebody's <laughs> going to wake me up and tell me this is not going to work because and... Uh, I don't know, but yeah, it is beautiful. You do have to be on C++ 20, to be honest. So not all of us are as lucky, but uh, uh, this is brilliant. This is a brilliant idea and kudos to everyone involved in the development of this. While obviously we're waiting for the proper reflection, hopefully. Um, going quickly through some of the articles, one, was a compiler option hardening guide for C and C++. This is by the Open Source Security Foundation Best Practices Working Group. This mentions C slash C++ or C and C++, but in a good way, because all those uh, switches... Uh, we'll take that. Yeah, we'll take that. Uh, all those parameters work for both. This, uh, this guide is pretty extensive. Uh, it's very long and they explain all the options and say which compilers support that. These are GCC and Clang only. There's no MSVC, but fair enough. Um, the arguments are completely wrong, uh, completely different there. So yeah, uh, it's very detailed. Uh, it includes sanitizer switches and yeah, all kinds of nice things. Uh, definitely something to save as a reference. A new development uh, from JetBrains. There is something called CLion Nova. It is a free early preview of a new um, version of CLion, which is currently a separate application, but they plan to merge it back into the legacy CLion when it's um, debugged. And the difference is that uh, the C++ engine is different now. The, the first C++ engine, they say, was designed for app code, RID for iOS and macOS developers. Then CLion got a ClangD-based engine. So there were two engines, one is like Java-based IntelliJ platform and this new one based on Clang D. But now they're using 
the engine that's currently used in Brishaw C++ and Rider. And what's different about it is that uh, it's it runs separately as a separate process and communicates with the IDE. Not like uh, like IDE, it doesn't use it as a library, but uh, talks to it as a uh, as a separate process, which should help um, reliability, I guess. So I tried it. It's it's okay. Um, I didn't do anything much with it, but um, it certainly uh, feels uh, pretty fast. Uh, from my experience, Reshapa C++ slows down Visual Studio quite a bit, but that may not be the entire fault of Reshapa. Uh, Do you find Reshapa C++ to be useful? I've never used it, um, really. I have it installed uh, at work um, in Visual Studio 2022. It uh, provides lots of diagnostics. I'm not sure if it's more useful than the built-in diagnostics of Visual Studio. I don't know. My mind is split. Uh, I'm not sure. I know that previously I've used something called Visual Assist. If you remember, Visual Assist X uh, was another plugin uh, for Visual Studio, the older one. I think it was acquired by um, Embarcadero and built into uh, C++ Builder. And Visual Assist X was blazing, blazing fast and very useful. But granted, at that time, Visual Studio itself didn't have much of on-the-fly diagnostics, so that was very helpful. I don't know. Um, I'm probably going to try Visual Studio without Resharper and see if I feel any, dif any difference. Let me know. I am uh, honestly interested. I have uh, heard about it many times, but I actually never tried it. Mm. Uh, so there was this article, this post on Reddit, features to remove from C++. Quote, C++ is getting more and more complex. The C++ committee keeps adding new features based on its consensus. Let's remove C++ features based on Reddit consensus. In each comment, propose a C++ feature that you think should be banned in any new code. The usual uh, culprits, like explicit by default, and things like uh, that that cannot be removed from, from language. It's like vector, um, no, actually vector bool is, is useful in some cases. But yeah, there's a long thread, lots of runs, uh, but some quotes. It depends. Sorry? Do they, mean, do they mean to remove the implementation of vector bool that is currently a plague or remove vector bool entirely? Um, I think they probably just mean change. My take on it was prohibit these in new code that you write. So don't yeah. use mm. vector bool in new code. Uh, like, but some some people obviously misunderstood and like said explicit for everything and uh, now discard and whatnot. Yeah, it wasn't in the spirit of the question. Yeah, and uh, some some funny comments. Uh, this one. Everyone agrees that C++ is broken, but no one agrees precisely which parts need fixing, which just go to, goes to show that the language isn't broken at all. It just has a very wide user base with very diverse needs. One coder's boondoggle is another coder's bedrock." End quote. 
I like the word boondoggle. I never used it. Yeah. But, uh, Same. Okay, I'm going to start. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, again, very, very good uh, point. Uh, very sane point. Also, all the new upcoming dialects and languages in Carbon and CPP Front, they all have a lot of uh, mysticism, a lot of undef undefined uh, features. And then a lot of uh, people like to project whatever it is that they would like to see in those. Uh, so... I am looking forward to version ones of those uh, implementations, and I'm going to be uh, reading the angry comments, chewing uh, <laughs> uh, popcorns um, whenever, whenever that happens. I'm sure not everybody's going to be happy anyway. Another comment go says, gotta love how nearly everything suggested in the replies, say for Studvector Bull, is followed by a reply saying how that feature is actually useful sometimes. It's too late for C++ now. At this point, everyone uses it on their own in their own particular way, and every obscure or weird feature has found its place for someone. And this is a winning comment. The only thing wrong with C++ is other users of C++. Uh, there is also this notion of Chesterton's fence, uh, which is the principle that reforms should not be made until the reasoning behind the existing state of affairs is understood. And I think C++ is full of those. Chesterton's fences all the way down. Hacker News discussed some Bjarne's quotes. Hacker News is often pretty harsh in their discussions, but this uh, discussion is very positive and many posters uh, liked quotes and followed them up with uh, their own experience. Like uh, this quote, language design is a curious mixture of grand ideas and fiddly details. And another one, C++ is a language, not a religion. That's actually not a quote from the official Dianus website, but the poster says, I swear Strostrup said this at the beginning of his computer science colloquium talk at Stanford around 1986. At the time, we grad students were all C programmers, and we were sure that C was the best language ever, at least better than Pascal, which was the language Stanford used for teaching back then. So we all wanted to see this person who had the temerity to claim that he had improved C and who has the audacity to call it C++ of all things. A skilling auditorium was packed when Strostrup took the stage a tense hush fell over the crowd. He said the above line fairly quietly, and everyone burst out laughing, breaking the tension. But the rest of the talk was a pretty straightforward explanation of C++ 1.0, and I came away fairly impressed. Several years later, at another talk, I asked him to inscribe my copy of the C++ book with that quote. He claimed not to remember it, but he inscribed the book per my request anyway. Then it is history. Yes. And some, uh, someone replies, I disagree so, so strongly with this. C++ programmers are the ones, one of the most religious groups around, eclipsed only recently by the Rust community. Try telling a C++ programmers RIII is not a good idea, I dare you, or smart pointers, or that the STL is mostly garbage. Trying to honestly have these conversations is typically an exercise in starting a religious flame war. I'm like, what? And someone replies, I am a C++ programmer, 
And if you told me those things, I would just flip a buzzer bit on you and carry on coding. No religious flame war is warranted. Yeah, so this is just uh, a futile attempt at uh, trolling, but uh, actually not a serious comment. Uh, this a quote I liked. The problem with many professors is that their previous occupation was student. <laughs> I'm sure we've all seen people like that. I want to just pipe up at this point. I've had my nose in some academic jobs on and off. And there are a lot of people who've gone straight from being a student to doing a postdoc and then going on to be a professor. But one or two of them do manage to, like, even if they've not worked in industry, do manage to collaborate well. So there are exceptions to everything. But yeah, if if you don't if you just get stuck in one track through life, whether that's academia or business, then you're missing part of the bigger picture, which is why this meetup and just chatting is nice to see different people's perspectives. Yeah, keep your eyes open and don't just do flame wars and nonsense. Let's be nice to each other and help each other. Yeah, here. Thank you. Yes. Be excellent to each other. Nice tagline as well. And obviously this quote of Bianas, there are only two kinds of languages, the ones people complain about and the ones nobody uses. So we'll end uh, this section on that. Um, there was a Reddit thread. Will C++ ever get a standard GUI or 2D graphics library? And the consensus was that it's not something you want in standard library. And mostly people are against it, I think. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh... It's understandable that people are uh, upset. I, I mean, I wish there was a magic answer that we could get uh, somehow a GUI interface because that's what people like. I mean, a lot of people learning a new language, they like seeing the window, they like pushing the button. I count myself as one of those. But I understand all those comments they're saying that's probably not going to happen because they're unfortunately very good reasons. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't count on it. But there are many multi-platform libraries you could use. They just don't have to be part of the standard. Because, and yeah, then we get into the packaging uh, conversation. Uh, <laughs> if we had a good packaging solution, then this would not be a problem. And uh, yeah, I mean, all of this, you know, it's, it's always good to talk about it. Sorry, Gleb, you know, to interrupt. No, no, uh, that's exactly what the, dis the discussion veers into, build systems and package management. So you're completely right. And uh, Vladimir, exactly. It, there are so many libraries, and they are so different that to come up with some some new standard one that everyone is happy with is pretty much impossible at this point. But if you do manage to set up uh, Conan or any other good packet manager, then, as uh, Vladimir says, you know it's perfectly reasonable. Just uh, use that and bring up whatever flavor of GUI you want. Uh, a lot of people like I am GUI or im GUI. I don't know how yep. to pronounce it. I have no, no idea. Im GUI? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, there are lots of those. Someone replies, considering we had to wait 
till C23 to have the string contains, we can hope for standard GUI at best for C92. C92 also has almost a, a retro feel to it. it. It almost goes all the way backwards to C92. It's a wraparound. No. We, we overflow. Overflow, yes. Um, this one I wanted to sort of ask you about. This is a, a post on Stack Overflow. C slash C++ include header file order. Which order should the include files be specified? Do the system files, STL and boost, go before or after the local include files? At some point, uh, we used this scheme where the first one, the first include, include in the CPP was the interface file for that CPP. Then we had all the local files, then internal libraries, then boost, and then standard headers. So sort of in reverse general purpose order, so to speak. But then I ran a Google tool called include what you use, uh, which tidies up and reshuffles headers. And it appears that their default sorting is the other way around. So they, they start with the interface file, uh, which is uh, quoted, and then they go from most general to least general. So we start with a standard library, then boost, and then your local libraries, and then the local files. I don't particularly care one way or another, as long as it's consistent. Now that I'm using include what you use, it's sort of I can't really do anything about it. But what what do you think? I think it's uh, most common to see to see the standard uh, up top. Dimitri, go ahead. The first approach has common sense, so uh, we minimize uh, the dependencies, uh, unusual dependencies. I saw a lot of mistakes uh, just because a uh, header file that didn't include certain uh, headers was working mm. uh, in certain contexts and didn't work in other contexts. So uh, including uh, stood, uh, libraries, the last is beneficial uh, because we can find uh, latent errors. Yeah, I, I was going to say I, I've I've worked contracted in so many different places, and lots of people have lots of different opinions. I've used include what you use as well. It's really cool. Uh, to me, the important thing is if you were to randomise the order you included them in, would you get some build errors? So, like we've just said, if you haven't included things you actually need, that will flush things out. So, when no one's looking, mess with them a bit and see what happens, because you can find problems that way. I think that's more interesting. Good advice indeed. Uh, headers and CPP files should be self-contained, so they shouldn't depend on order of includes. I like anyway that will include what you use. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's good thing to recommend whatever comes out of it. Uh, if it works uh, and builds, I'm very happy with it, and I do hope that modules eventually would render this conversation useless. Yes, here, here. 
And on top of that, a very good recommendation is to sort all the uh, includes within this uh, within each uh, yes. part. So all uh, stud libraries should be sorted, all yep. boost and so on. I agree. As long as we can use uh, a tool to to do this, like I think. Yeah, I think it does it. Uh, I think you can specify ask ask include what you use to sort. Mm -hmm. Great. So I think that's it. Um, uh, from the web, uh, there's a funny quote for you. Name a book that made you cry. And reply was, data structures and algorithms in Java. And this is an unbelievable new startup that I saw the other day. Lucid Dream Startup. It's, it was uh, uh, in the Fortune Journal. And the title was Lucid Dream Startup says engineers can write code in their sleep. Work may never be the same. Uh, I don't want to dream about infinite loops. Sorry, that gives me nightmares. There's a whole discussion on the Slashdot about it. And uh, people are generally pretty horrified at the idea. And I'm like, <laughs> you're taking my sleep from my cold dead hands. <laughs> Coding in my sleep. What next? Uh, watching ads in my sleep? No. <laughs> I will. I will uh, postpone my uh, worries about this whenever the actual implementation happens. I. I don't know. Is this uh, flashy news uh, or is this actually something concrete? It seems to me that uh, maybe one day. I think it's a. Uh... I think someone at least managed to convince some venture capitalists to invest in the idea, yeah. which is impressive. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, that is impressive. But I think <laughs> it just—it was just convincing, you know, somebody. Not uh, mm -hmm. you can lie to somebody forever, yeah. or you can. Uh, That's some some level eighty tech bro manipulation techniques right there. Indeed, indeed, you cannot, you know, anyway, lie uh, to everybody forever. So. Eventually, on the know. other hand, sorry. On the other hand, it's a good excuse to sleep through your workday. Oh God! Right, that's that's probably it for today and for this year. So yeah, happy holidays, and I'll speak to you in the new year. It's a good one. Thank you. Bro. Bye. Thank you, Glad. Cheers.